Okay, we're on about number nine mystery, number nine mystery, and this one's found in Second Thessalonians chapter two and verse seven, where we read, "For the mystery of iniquity doth already work; only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way." And then that wicked one, the mystery of iniquity, will be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. So we have here what's called, or the one who's called the mystery of iniquity. And uh, Paul is speaking out about the man of sin, and we'll look at the context in a, in a gif. He's talking about the Antichrist, this mystery of iniquity, which was already working in Paul's day and hasn't ceased to work. He's still up to his dirty deeds, wicked ways all throughout eternity. And we see his ugly hand everywhere. Um, The mystery of godliness... What is the mystery of godliness? Have we done that one? I think that's coming. <laughs> mystery of godliness is God manifest in the flesh. The mystery of iniquity <laughs> here is Satan manifest in the flesh. And that's what we have recorded in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. That's where he'll manifest himself for who he is and the uh, world will follow him because they're of him. And the Lord will deal with him. And so let's pray before we look at some of these thoughts concerning the mystery of iniquity. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and ask that you would strengthen us from it tonight when we are facing battles, sometimes uphill battles, and we wonder why we may be able to find answer here tonight that the mystery of iniquity continues constantly to work. He is on the loose. And Lord, we know that Satan does not want anything of God to be heard of in this world. He doesn't want God's will to be done, but it will be done. And Lord, we pray that you would hinder him on every turn, cause catastrophe in the way he tries to do things to your people and protect your people, Lord. Protect us from his wily ways. Lord, bless the word to our hearts tonight. We pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Just to get you in where where this chapter is at tonight, Paul wrote 1 Thessalonians, and there he talked mostly about the day of Christ. It's used six times there in the New Testament and he spoke, Paul spoke of that in 1 Thessalonians, the day of Christ. Um, It's referring to Christ's coming and the victory of the rapture. In 2 Thessalonians, yes, the phrase is used in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, the day of Christ, but it hasn't got the same Greek words behind it. It is elsewhere given as the day of the Lord. The day of Christ 
is the church. The day of the Lord is the judgment. And if you want to confirm that, just look in the Old Testament. Look at the last few, last half of the chap, uh, of Joel and the, the minor prophets there. I just had a look at Zechariah 9 to 14, chapters 9 to 14, Zephaniah, um, Joel is where the day of the Lord is referred to. It's the day of judgment, a day of terrible things happening. <laughs> just watching the news there and it's uh, a big storm coming through Victoria. It's hitting Geelong right now and black on the radar is black. That means bad. <laughs> and it's a dust storm that was in Bendigo. It's just right across the scenery. It's just picking up the dust as it rolls, the storm rolls in of thick darkness. I mean, this is just a local storm. <laughs> but the world will be under that. And darkness, not only physical, but spiritual darkness in the day of the Lord when trouble really sets in. And Second Thessalonians is about that. The day of the Lord. It's all about Revelation chapter 4 and through to 19. The day of the Lord is spoken about in detail. It's spoken about in the book of Daniel. Um, <clears throat> The Thessalonian converts were shaken in mind and troubled, supposing perhaps on the, <laughs> the authority of a forged letter, as, as from Paul, that their persecutions, the things that they were suffering, was the great and terrible day of the Lord. And so he was correcting them on this. They thought, oh, oh we've missed something. <laughs> we're going into it. You see unless you're taught you don't know what's going on and what is going to go on and so Paul was going to teach them on the day of the Lord and knew about the day of Christ but he had to expound and further help them to understand the revelation he got about this time uh, they thought they were going to be delivered from it but uh, things were ha the persecutions were so intense that they thought it was already happening and um It'd be, it'd be interesting to haul one of them into our day, wouldn't it? And say, now, folks, you're living 2,000 years later and it's still going on. <laughs> and, and then start just reading church history. Read all about the Dark Ages when the Catholic Church ruled over the world and suppressed the scriptures and didn't allow local people, any common, common folk, to have the word of God. What a terrible time. But uh, we've had great times of revival since then too under the Philadelphian church, we could call it, where there's an open door, no man can shut it. But um, <clears throat> they, think of all the persecutions. If, if they were, well, it was only a precursor, what was happening to the Thessalonians was only a precursor for the next 300 years, right up to Constantine, when the church would be severely persecuted under the, what we call, if you're here last night doing an exam, the church at, Ephesus, Smyrna, <laughs> crushed. That's what it means, crushed. And the church grew. And um, yes, it was troublesome times in, in that day. The present letter then was written to instruct these Thessalonians of our gathering together unto him. Notice that in verse um, 1 of chapter 2. We beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. When is that? I mean, that's an obvious statement. 
he spoke about that back in chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians, verses 13 to 18, the rapture. Well, the catching up, if you don't like the word rapture. Some people cringe at the word because they just don't like it and don't believe in it. <laughs> and Christians rejoice in it. It's a blessed hope. We ought to. <clears throat> and they gathering together unto him that ye be not soon shaken in mind. And this is what they were shaken in mind. What's going on? Or be troubled. They were troubled about this. And so would I have <laughs> I'd thought I'd miss something and miss, the, miss this taking up and this gathering together of the saints. Neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as I said, a forgery, as from us. Somebody, it seems, had written a letter and signed it to Apostle Paul and um, said, folks, you've missed it. You've got it all messed up. You don't know what prophecy is about. Praise God that this happened. Because if this didn't happen, if this crook didn't write that letter, we wouldn't have Second Thessalonians. <laughs> you see, a lot, of, a lot of Bible books have been written to help those understand something, um, to, to correct misbehavior in Christians, First and Second Corinthians. And they're all a blessing to us, even today. So <clears throat> he, he's writing this to them. And uh, saying our gathering together will come before the day of the Lord. Um, <clears throat> First Thessalonians, the rapture, the day of Christ. Second Thessalonians, the day of the Lord. And uh, it's following on. Let's just look at these verses. We'll read through them and just do a little bit of a, a quick scan. In the verses 1 and 2, you have the local deception that was taking place, which we've already spoken about and the plea of the apostle paul there don't be troubled don't be stirred up don't be shaken up as uh, you've got a false letter as it the day of the lord is at hand there the day of christ and the plot of the adversary was to do just that how, how many how many of us have fallen into the trap have been shaken up and troubled because of a gossip or something we've heard and we don't sleep we don't sleep that night because we've got bad news or what we think is bad news and, and what do we do in our minds we go over and over and we exacerbate it and we expand it and uh, we make it bigger than Ben-Hur, I don't know who he is but, <laughs> but it's just all out of proportion, it never happens well, we don't learn, do we? Because next time comes round. <laughs> and so the, these folks were troubled. And the plot of the adversary is to get us all upset <laughs> and to have those, those sort of days. But there's a lot, not only a local deception, there's a larger deception. And that's from verses 3 to 12. The man of sin, verses 3 to 6. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day that's, that starts when the rapture happens, the day of Christ ends, and then the day of the Lord begins. That day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And the man of sin be revealed. And some say that's the rapture, falling away. And most people say it's the apostasy. Where the church just goes downhill so bad, so quick, so far, so deep. That it's not recognized as a church. Equivalent to the Laodicean church in chapter 3 of Revelation. The last few verses. And um, <clears throat> there's a falling away. And that the man of sin be revealed. 
the son of perdition. This is telling us the reason the man of sin can be revealed is because the church has lost the plot. They've fallen away. They've fallen into apostasy. They're not preaching the gospel. They're not preaching the truth anymore. They're compromising left, right, and center. Um, So there's a coming apostasy in verse 3, and verse 3 to 6 is the coming apocalypse. The man of sin will be revealed, who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God, all that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This is the Antichrist. Is there, is there other scriptures that back this up? You know, what we're to do if we're going to study the scriptures that we may prove ourselves to be good workmen is compare scripture with scripture. Are there other scriptures that tell us that this is what he will do? Revelation? It's in Revelation. And it's there he will not let you buy or sell unless you have a mark. He will sit in the temple of God just like it's here. Claiming to be God. And um, he is a lot of people's God, but he's not God. He was a little G. And he's in the Old Testament. Book of Daniel speaks about this one. Man of sin, chapter 11. Likened to Antiochus Epiphanes in, in that chapter 11. And then in the middle of that chapter of 11 of, of Daniel, it, it turns it around to, to talk about the man of sin. This one we're talking about here. And so this man of sin is coming. The larger deception, this mystery of iniquity who would have thought that this could ever happen that mankind could be deceived so openly and blatantly but folks isn't it already happening in our society today isn't it happening among politicians isn't the world already being conditioned for that to happen it is bank royal commission (laughs) trusting the people up there you know you used to be able to just believe they'd do the right thing in, pol- in politics, you know, politics and banking in high positions. No, it seems to be all out for number one and greed and money. And this fellow will have the way paved for him, the Antichrist, this mystery of iniquity, because it's already been happening amongst men, I believe. Um, it's in Daniel, yes, Daniel chapter 9 particularly, the prince that shall come. And... Um, He's the people of the prince that shall come. It talks about in that in verse 26 and 27. And he will confirm the covenant with many for one week. It speaks about him in Matthew 24 and there, <clears throat> that the, uh, abomination of desolation that he sets up. And he makes people worship him. And if you don't worship him, it sounds familiar in the Old Testament. Daniel, his three friends, fall down and worship. The sound of the trumpet, if you don't fall down and worship, thrown into fire. Don't fall down and worship the Antichrist, off with your head. That's what it's going to get to. This man of sin is wicked. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. And Paul said in verse 5, remember when I was with you I told you? So he taught them this, but what happened? Like it's probably happening right now? It went... over the heads I pray that we make it simple enough that it doesn't go over your heads but sinks into your heart and mind you know think about it meditate upon spiritual things Uh, be able to give an answer for what you believe it's been declared by some that 
sometimes come here that people in this church cannot give an answer for what they believe in and it's been told me a few times and I think I think they could and if I put those people on the spot about things they couldn't give an answer either for they believe you see we're not God we've got finite minds but give yourself time to study the scriptures you could come back with the truth couldn't you because you know how to get in the word and dig in the word and interpret the word I pray that so give a defense you know, it's called um, apologetics Christian apologetics at Bible College not apologizing for what you believe but giving a defense of what you believe um, anyway the larger deception the man of sin right down to verse 6 and then the mystery of iniquity the mystery of iniquity this is this mystery and it was he was there in the Old Testament spoken about as in Daniel so this mystery of iniquity does already work can you think of another passage that almost says the same thing he already works Satan already works this is this is you know, this is giving you an opportunity to do what we just spoke about <laughs> dig in the mind back into the scriptures okay good some people hate cross-reference Bibles and I say what's wrong with those people I think it's pride that stops them using it because I can do it on my own no I can stand on the shoulders of saints of past eras who've studied the scripture and I can be a way far ahead if I do that and make sure they're doing it right of course than trying to do it on my own so if you've got a cross-reference Bible um, anyone got a commentary at home anyone got commentaries at home good anyone throwing all their commentaries out now some people are doing this it's crazy <laughs> because you know I'm not having any man tell me what to do and then I think well who's telling you what to do you're telling you what to do <laughs> and you're out on your own and you come up with all weird things if you're not you know iron sharpeneth iron now you sharpen me and I sharpen you has anyone found it yet thank you <laughs> it was in it was in first John chapter is it three or Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Read it up loud, I can't hear you. Oh, okay. Um, little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard, the Antichrist shall come. Even now, are there many Antichrists? That's just what he said back there, isn't it? That, we know that this, that, that it is the last time. Yep. And so, yeah, and some people use that, see? That was the last time then, and it's still the last time now. <laughs> but what Paul is saying here in the parallels with John he already works Satan is not chained up he's still on the loose Antichrist has been working but there is a time to come when an individual will manifest himself which is the mystery of iniquity but somebody is hindering him he who letteth or letting him will continue to let until he be taken out of the way 
and this is why a lot of people believe, and I believe it too, that the one that's stopping the manifest, the full manifestation of the man of sin, the mystery of iniquity, the son of perdition, the prince that shall come, he's got many names, is the Holy Spirit in the believer. Holding back. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. And we're holding back that. If all Christians are taken out, then it will be seen what will happen. And but this, some people then say, well, Holy Spirit's gone, then what? He will work in a different manner than he does today. He won't indwell the believers as he does permanently. But he will work because we have evidence of that in, in the Revelation. Um, <clears throat> he will be revealed and the Lord will consume him in verse 8 with the spirit of his mouth, destroy him with the brightness of his coming. That's what's going to happen to this man of sin, this mystery of iniquity. So there's a present conflict in verse 7. There's a prophetic climax, verse 8 through to 10. And he's in verse 9. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. He does miracles. With all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because they receive not the love of the truth that they may be saved. In that day he will deceive the people that had opportunity to believe big time. And I believe the ones that God's Holy Spirit strove with, the ones that we may have spoken to and showed them the way of salvation, they said, no, when this one comes, they'll believe him. You know, it's, it's amazing what man does. He be they believe a lie, but they won't believe the truth. Jesus Christ came. He had very few followers when he left. Most of them were on the religious side, the enemies. And they cried out, crucify him. And they crucified him. Him ye will believe. You send, a, send one in his, one will come in his own name and him you will believe. Jesus come in his father's name and him they would not believe. Uh, <clears throat> verse 11, for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they might be damned. Now, <clears throat> the mystery of iniquity is Satan, the Antichrist, the beast, read Revelation and, uh, and where the beast is mentioned there many times. <clears throat> Let me just mention a few comparisons. I found this this afternoon. <clears throat> One had written this, the comparisons with Christ and Antichrist. These are comparisons, then some contrast. Here's the first comparison. Christ is, was, is to come. Revelation 1.18. Revelation 17.8 Antichrist was, is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. These are comparisons, I say, not, not to contrast. In the second contrast, three-year ministry Christ had. Antichrist has three and a half years to do... Yeah, yeah, there is longer, but the Great Tribulation, the last half, three and a half years to become monarch of the world and he doesn't succeed. Christ did. Who changed the world more than any other man? The Lord Jesus Christ. For 2,000 years. It's all changed since he came. Thirdly, the coming one. He, Christ is called the coming one. And 
That's in Matthew 25:13. Antichrist in 2 Thessalonians 2:3 that we've read is called the coming one. In Titus 2:13, the Lord is called the church's hope, the church's hope. In Revelation 13 verse 3 and 4, Antichrist is called the world's hope. What a hopeless hope that one is. If you're trusting in the Antichrist. <clears throat> and that's the world's hope. Christ is the Prince of Princes, Daniel 8, 24, uh, 25. The Antichrist is the coming Prince, Daniel 9, 26. And people get that one confused in Daniel 9, 26 and 27. Don't get him th these two princes confused. They're totally different people. Um, <clears throat> Christ has many diadems, Revelation 19, 12. Antichrist has 10 crowns. Huh. Revelation 13, 1. Jesus Christ has a bride, the church, and it's, called, and, and it's likened to the new Jerusalem in Revelation. Antichrist has a bride, Mystery Babylon, Revelation 17. We're indwelt by God. I mean, sorry, the Lord Jesus is indwelt by his Father, God, John 3, 34. Antichrist is indwelt by Satan, Revelation 13, 2. Um, Christ, a slain man, but risen, Luke 24:34. Antichrist, slain man and risen, Revelation 13, 3. But he ends up in the pit anyway. Um, <clears throat> now here's some comparisons, some contrasts. I like these. <laughs> There's some comparisons, but now contrast. Jesus Christ is from above, John 6.38. Antichrist is from below. Christ comes in the Father's name. Antichrist comes in his own name. His own name, selfishness, personified. Christ humbled himself and become a man. Antichrist exalts himself. You see, it's complete contrast. And there's 18 of them here. Christ was despised. Antichrist is admired. Christ did the Father's will. Antichrist does his own will. And all these have got scripture references. Christ is exalted by God. Antichrist is cast down by God. Praise the Lord. Christ came to save. Antichrist comes to what? Destroy. Christ is the good shepherd. Antichrist is the false shepherd Christ is the truth Antichrist is the lie the lie <laughs> Christ is the holy one Antichrist is the lawless one the unholy one Christ is a man of sorrows Antichrist is a man of sin Christ is the son of God Antichrist the son of perdition Christ is a mystery of godliness that we spoke of before and Antichrist is the mystery of iniquity. So complete opposite as we look at the contrast there. Seed of the woman, seed of the serpent. The lamb, the beast. Loves and saves his bride, hates and destroys the bride. The, well, the harlot in Revelation 17. Who are you trusting in? You know, if... If we humans see a miracle, we think, wow, it must be of God. Check it out. 
look into it. I have relatives, not just as I was referring to before, but others that were once in churches like this, but are now sold out to charismatic churches because they reckon they were cured one of a particular, I think, of cancer. It's all subjective. No reports of doctors, but I was cured of cancer. And how can you argue with a person that didn't get it diagnosed anyway and then say I was healed? You say flat out, no you weren't. <laughs> how else can you confront them? And what else can you do? Because they've been deceived by the evil one. And he wants to deceive any and everyone that will give him an ear. Check it out with the scriptures. Make sure you're following the right way. What, what did the Bereans do? They studied whether these things were so. They were more noble. Actually, they were more noble than those in Thessalonica. I wonder if the Thessalonians had studied what Paul had said a little bit better, they wouldn't have had to have the second letter written to them. Because Paul said, when I was with you, I told you these things. Don't you remember? Now, do remember, he was only there for a few weeks. So we'll have mercy on the Thessalonians. He wasn't there for a long time. And it's interesting what he spoke about. We have a record of that he, he spoke about the Lord's coming. He spoke about the day of Christ. He spoke about the day of the Lord. He spoke about these things. And so he, he educated them pretty quick. He instructed them in the word of the Lord and Christian living as well. So there's some thoughts about the mystery of iniquity. He'll soon be uh, manifest in this world. Yeah. Remember way back years ago, Kissinger, Henry Kissinger, the beast, 666 and all this and others and this one and the other. And uh, there was one the other day, he wasn't declared but he's uh, from Italy. He's a very right-wing man. It's on the news. And he's, he's pushing right-wing policy and he wants to push it right through the EU. I thought, yeah, someone like that is going to rise, middle age, and be one that promotes himself, that the devil feels, and become the Antichrist. Some that's, someone that's very convincing in his speech. You know, who would have thought people would have followed Hitler? But they did. Who will, have th who will think that people will follow the Antichrist when he's the devil impersonated? They will. They will. And um, <clears throat> man can be deceived. Let's not be deceived.